Hey guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. But this morning, we're going to talk about leveling up in our soul, in our spirit. The title, these are the, some of the ones that we don't really talk about a lot, but they're most, some of the most important parts of our being. But uh, we, the title of my message is Heart and Soul. Now, we are three people, let me, three parts in our opinion. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna be a, I'm going to be an artist. Not. But this is us. I could put a smiley face in there and make it really funny, but I'm not going to. But we are made up of three different beings. This is the body. Some of y'all can't see it, but I'll move here in a minute. This is the spirit. Oh, make you spell it right, Jesus. And this is, <laughs> I can't spell spirit, we're in trouble. And this is our soul. We, as human beings, are made up of these, body, soul, and spirit. And all of them have a specific function. Listen to 1 Thessalonians, it says this. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit say whole, whole. and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Listen, it's easy to distinguish our body from our soul and our spirit. You know, the body is this. I mean, look at this body. But the body is what we are right now. It's, it's our visible. It's what we see. It's what our, what's tangible. We touch, we hear, we smell, we taste, except for COVID. I still haven't got it all back. I'm so glad there are some of the, some of the smells that haven't come back. Praise God for that. But Jesus talked about how the body and the spirit or the soul are linked together. Listen to what he says, Matthew 26. It says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the body, the flesh is weak. Can I get an amen on that one? Come on. The spirit wants to do what's right. The spirit is what links us into God. It wants to do what's right, but the soul which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, they have other thoughts, don't they? Come on, how many struggle with your soul every single day? Come on, everybody. If you ain't got your hand up, uh, you, uh, we're gonna have altar call here in just a little bit. <laughs> the spirit wants to do what's right, but the soul is the part of us that wars against us. So are the soul and the spirit, what are they, and are they the same? Listen to Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive and it's powerful, it is sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes, oh Lord Jesus, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. This verse says that it divides, it separates our soul from our spirit. Because why? Because they're two separate, different entities. So look here, I'm gonna do this. This is water, as you can see, it's not seven up. I wish it was. But I'm going to pour this water in here and we're gonna watch water separate itself from itself. Now, wait a minute. You can't take something and separate it. You can't, it's not physically possible to separate something from itself. But what, but what happens with 
is when you take this and this nice decanter I've been given and you dump this dirt into the water, you will see here in just a moment, that's potting soil. I probably should have got different kind of dirt, but you will see that it starts to separate itself. Watch, it's moving to the bottom. So once you put this substance into this substance, you can start seeing that there is a separation between these two. And before too long, what's gonna happen is all of this muddy water and all of this dirt on top is gonna separate itself and it's gonna go to the bottom, which will create two separate things. You know, you understand that the dirt will settle to the bottom and dirt can be separated so that way we can know that our soul and our spirit are two different entities. Now, although the spirit and the soul are intertwined within our bodies, they can be separated from each other. So what's the difference between a soul and a spirit? Glad you asked. Let's level up by talking about our soul. Genesis 2, 7 says this, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Take a deep breath. Take another one without hyperventilating. That means to tell you, if you have breath in your lungs, that you are a living soul sitting here in this church this morning. And the soul definition is this. The soul is basically our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's the moral and emotional nature of human beings. With, with our soul, we think, we reason, we consider, we remember. And listen, we experience emotions like happiness, love, grief, sorrow, anger, and compassion. But listen, we get to choose and we get to make decisions. It's basically who we are. And you can't explain it physically but neither can you explain your emotions unless you wear your heart on a sleeve every single day. Oh, that's better. Y'all been around somebody that wears their heart on a sleeve every day? How are you doing? I'm doing all right today. How are you doing? I am awesome today. The greatest, the greatest day in the world. There's nothing wrong with wearing your emotions, but you, sometimes you have to be able to keep them in check, right? Amen? Come on, y'all know the person I'm talking about right now. But the word says we need to submit our soul. So the soul is the part of us that's eternal. Love the Lord your God. The Bible says love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all of your being. And what that means is be able to give up your life to him and devote all your service to him and live for him and even possibly die for him. It means that all of our activities, listen, priorities in life are geared around God and his way of life, not our own way of life. So many times we got our life all figured out and we're trying to plan ahead of God and God says, no, I don't have that with you right now. You need to stay right here just for a few more minutes. While the soul is connected to the physical, the spirit is connected to the spirit realm. I know this is a little deep, but I'm trying to keep it elementary this morning. Your spirit is connected to the spirit realm. It's connected to God and it's connected to heaven. And why is it so important? Why is the soul so much more important than the body? Because you know what? Our soul will live forever. Matthew 10, 28 says this. 
Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Man, things can happen. Man can kill the body, but God will one day judge our souls and we will live forever. I know this sounds hard this morning, but we will live forever in one of two places, either heaven or hell separated from him. We need to get our souls leveled up and healed. Because you know why? Because over time, what happens? You get these little tiny fractures in your soul. And you don't really, can't really see it. They're like the little squiggly lines right here. You don't quite, they don't quite encompass the whole soul. But there's parts of their little fractures that, that, that maybe you had a trauma when you were a kid. Come on, somebody. Maybe a trauma from childhood. Maybe there was a broken relationship. Maybe there was a bad decision or some things happened in your life. And before too long, you started seeing these small little fractures in your soul. And you don't really see them all. Sometimes they're really not noticeable. Sometimes they're, all, again, all the way back from childhood. That's why healing, that's why deliverance is so important. Sometimes we got to reach down to the deepest part of us. And listen, that's the part that's uncomfortable. That's the part we don't want to go to. That's the part that we, we hide and we run from. But there is the place that only you can get healing from when you dig, dig, dig deep into your soul. It's so vital. We level up by connecting with the spirit. Through the Spirit, it's the only way to connect with God. And you know what that means? It comes through salvation. That means you have to make a conscious choice to be following Jesus. That means you need to be saved. That means you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior in your life. And not just word it out, but live it out. The Spirit is what connects us. It helps us to communicate with God. You know why? Because God is spirit. I'll prove it to you. John 4, 24 says, For God is spirit. For those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. By having a deep connection with God, we learn how to be led by the spirit. The word says we have to run the race that's set before us, Right? But the only way you can successfully run a race is to learn how to run it God's way. It's learning how to receive God's guidance. Come on. Y'all been having your GPS turned on in your own life too long. Come on, can I get a witness on that one? We, we've tried to go our own direction. We've typed it in. We've pressed it in. We've tried every way in the world to get around it. But every time we turn around, we're in the, going in the wrong direction. And what happens when you get a connection in the Spirit? You start living your life guided by the Spirit, by leading by the Spirit. Should I go there? No, you should not go there. You start getting connection with God, and you're going to find out that your life can be a whole lot more joyful you know what we said? We said, listen to your heart. And when you say listen to your heart, sometimes you mean, you've heard the old saints, he meant it from the bottom of his heart. Or he has such a big heart, that's me. Pastor Man's like, no, you don't. We know these phrases don't refer to a physical heart, to an organ. The Bible tells us we have a spiritual heart and a physical heart. There's more, there's more than 800 references to the heart, and very few of those are talking about the one that's beating right now inside of our chest. 
Most of these references refer to the unseen part of who we are, our innermost person. When we say listening to your heart, it means listening to that voice. It's listening to that. Uh, listen, y'all got y'all hear that voice sometimes multiple times a day. Don't do this. Do that. Go there. Don't do that. When you touch a hot stove, you don't say, take your hand off the stove. No, your senses say, take your hand off the stove quickly. And so many times... Your mind might say, run from this problem or run from this situation, or there's no good that can come quietly out of this. But sometimes we have to, we're talking about listening to your heart and spirit in situations where there may not be a natural solution to. When these things happen, we need the Holy Spirit's direction and we need to stand upon God's word each and every day to successfully navigate our lives. Come on, y'all. We got to get up every single day. And we got to listen to not our physical senses because that's the first thing we see. I've said that before. I don't feel like going to work. Well, you don't feel like making your car payment then. I don't feel like doing this. We live so much on our feelings and our emotions that they control our whole being. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We all are very emotional people. But if you listened to your physical sense or your mind all the time, you're eventually going to lose your peace. You're eventually going to lose your joy. For instance, if you focus, I don't even watch the news anymore, but if you focused every night on watching the news, you could get anxiety, you could be depressed, you could think, man, look at all the world's problems going out there. Look at all the problems we have in our city. And before too long, you'd be wondering, how will we ever make it? I ain't going to lie, during COVID, shoo. I watch more Fox News and the rest of the news that I, it, it, it dest started destroying my mind. I'm not saying everything they said was wrong, but I was starting to build up into my mind those negative thoughts. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What, how are we going to get here? What are we going to do? And before too long, about three or four months into it, I finally had to say, I ain't watching no more news. I don't even watch the news anymore. So if the, something's getting ready to happen, I wait for someone else to tell me. I said, Where, what, who's your source? But I don't even watch the news anymore because I know this, that whatever the news is saying, we have to be quiet in our spirit and just say, this is what God is saying. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on in my family, no matter what's going on in my circumstances or my situations, what is God saying and how is he leading me? We need to level up by walking in the spirit. Romans 8 says this. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of our weakness of our sinful nature. Oh, Lord. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his only son in a body like, bodies, like the bodies of we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this. So that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer listen, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. In this verse, it urges us to follow, to walk in the spirit, which means living a life according to the spirit, not our soul. When we walk in the spirit, what happens? You start, you start a process. 
This walk with Jesus is a process. If you're in the very uh, initial start of it right here, stay in the process because we get so many people who start following Jesus and it starts to get hard or, or, or they don't feel like they're doing it right or they don't feel like they can measure up. But Jesus said, no, God says this, stay in the process and I'll show you what will be the end result of that. And what happens when you stay in the process, you start to produce fruit. It's one of Pastor Vinny's favorite things, talking about the fruit that you produce in your life. Before too long, when you're in the process, when you used to be grouchy, you're going to start being kind. Don't you nudge your husband and say, you need to get your fruit right, boy. But you start to produce fruit. And when you start to produce fruit, you start walking in the Spirit. And what happens more and more and more, just like she said, you start to become more obedient to the Spirit of God. You start listening instead of your emotions, instead of everyone, everyone else's opinions. You start listening to what God has to say. And what you do, you start listening and you start being obedient to what he's saying. Listen, it's not easy because we live in this soulish, fleshly body. But the more that you walk in, more that you walk with God in the spirit, the more in tune you will start to be. You wonder why you're not hearing the voice of God. It's because you're not in tune with the voice of God. Yeah, ain't nothing more annoying than a radio that, y'all know what I'm talking about. You start to tune out. It, that's my favorite song, but it's out of tune. You're still not going to listen to it because it sounds so bad. That's the way we are. We don't have God tuned into the right, to the right frequency. And we're hearing static from the world. We're hearing static from everything else. And before, before too long, we turn, we turn it off because it gets annoying. And Mark will be there. But here's the thing about Jesus. The way of God is the Spirit. And the Spirit comes through Jesus. And you know why? Because he lived among us as a human. Why did he do that? He wanted to be able to relate to us. He wanted to know that when you have pain, he felt pain. When you're cold, Pastor Minnie's cold from December till March. But when you're cold, he was cold. When you're hungry, I didn't say hangry, but I believe Jesus was even hangry sometimes. Come on, he probably looked at Peter and said, man, I'm about to eat, and you better just shut up. <laughs> hey, I believe Jesus was that human. Don't you? So he was just like us. He was emotional, because you start thinking about the garden. He said, Father, I really don't want to do this. Man, this is going to be hard, and I'm going to get beaten, and I know where it's going to happen. But he said this, but if it's your will, let it be done. So he fought that. What we have to do is we have to be able to ward off our souls and take control of the, our emotions, take control of our will, take control of the trauma inside of our lives. That's why inner healing and deliverance, we offer it here at the church. That's why it's so good because it takes you to the bottom. It takes you to the place where you didn't know. I went through it one time and there was something that got revealed to me that I hadn't thought about in years. It took me all the way back to childhood. And somehow I had pushed that thing to the bottom. I had stuffed that thing in the bottom. But every, oh, come on somebody. Every single time something happens, it came from the bottom and it worked its way out of my mouth. It worked its way out of my mind. That's why it's so important to get that inner part of you healed 
and delivered. We have to be able to say, when the enemy comes at you about renewing your mind, we have to say, I got the mind of Christ. No, devil, you're not going to tell me that again because I'm not going to listen to that no more because I am a new creation. I've cre I have the mind of Christ. I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. And the word of my testimony has to be positive coming out of my mouth. You will become more sensitive to God and the things of God. God has made a way for us to level up during our hurtful times, during our painful times, during the times when we're just unsure, we don't know which way to go in our spirits and souls. And I really believe, I wrote this this morning, I really believe the reason that we're not having the victory that we have in our lives is because we neglect these things right here. First, he's given us his word to guide us. We barely crack open the word. We, we, we depend on the first verse of the day from the Bible app. Sometimes the preacher only depends on the word for what he wants to bring on Sunday. I'm telling you, I'm telling on myself sometimes. We don't crack open the word. We don't get nourished by the word. We just use it for a crutch sometimes. But he has given us his word to guide us, to encourage us, to strengthen us, and to feed us. You wonder why you're spiritually starving because you're not reading and getting in the word. Sometimes we just got to spend time in it, reading it, hearing it, listening to it preached, whether you like it or not. But most of all, we can't be hearers of the word. We have to be doers of the word, which means we have to be obedient to it. If you will continually fill your mind with God's word, I'm talking about reading and, and meditating. Sometimes the Bible says to meditate on the word. That could be one verse, and you may be meditating on that verse for a month. And sometimes that starts speaking the words out of you. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. What comes out of your mouth dictates what happens in your life on a daily basis. So if you start speaking the word over your life, you're going to find out. You start, you're going to start having more victory in your life. You're going to start having more triumphs in your life. You're going to smile more. You're going we got to watch what we say. Stay faithful daily in the word, and you'll start to see it easier for your mind to say, listen to your heart. You'll grow more confident in hearing the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Second, God has given us the power of prayer. Also another very neglected thing in the Christian world today. We need to take our problems. We need to take our discouragements. We need to take our exhaustion. Anybody get exhausted? We need to take that to God in prayer, knowing this, that he loves you, that he cares for you, that he wants to hear from you. So many times we don't pray because we feel like we're bothering God. So many times we don't lift up in prayer because, God, you got enough on your plate. No, he longs to hear from you whatever time of the day, you, whether it's going down the road or whether it's turning your static-filled radio off and listening and speaking to God. He longs to hear from you each day. It's like having a child. You want to hear their voice. I got to hear, we love to hear Bubba's voice on FaceTime, even though we only see his forehead. He likes to carry the phone around. It's like, what do you, oh, you need a haircut, dude. Come on, let me see your face. And then he'll do that thing. God loves, God wants to FaceTime you. Oh, that'll help. He wants to FaceTime you every day. So let's get in a place where we're FaceTiming God on the daily. Third, he's given us, this is a big one. He's given us community, which is other Christians to encourage us 
and to support us. Listen to Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not neglect our meeting. This is what this is. That's what church is. And if you don't go to this church, you go somewhere else, you're here from baptism, support your church. Be faithful to your church. Go to the place where God's called you to be. But God called us in these last days, let me read this to you, our meeting together, as some people do. Some people have neglected it. But encourage one another, especially now that you see the day of his returning near. Here's the thing. When you start seeing all hell is breaking loose in the world, we need the church. and You need the church and we need you. It's important to be part of a healthy, well-balanced church with regular worship services with other people who believe the way you believe. There's people in here that's been through the same struggle you've been through. There's people who have been through the same stuff that you're going through, and they may be on the other side, on the victory side of it, and now you can go to them and say, what did you do? And they can tell you. But listen, you may be that person that's on the other side of the victory that needs someone on the other side of the church to hear from you. Listen, we're in this thing together. We're better together. The Bible says we're overcomers, again, by the blood of our lamb and the word of our testimony. We need to start telling people I know he hates this, but I've seen such growth in Jason. Jason, stand up for a minute. Come on. He is now, I don't know, is he called the ambassador of CR or? Okay. But let me just tell you, you can sit down. I know how he's killing him over there. But talking about where he was a year ago, to where he is now is two different people. Watching his fruit get ripe in front of us. I ain't talking about rotten, I'm talking about ripe in front of us has been life-changing for me. I've seen such a difference in him. His leadership has went to a new level. I'm talking about when you get in tune with the Spirit of God. Oh, he even said he didn't want to come to prayer one time because he didn't know how to pray. And I said, just come anyway, you'll learn. He, that's the way he is. He's a sponge. He wants to learn. I think so many times we... Oh, you can pay me $20 later. So many times we quit. And God just said, if you'll take that next step, that next step. I remember a few times I had to just keep encouraging. I know the CR folks had to keep encouraging. Pastor Johnny had to keep encouraging. Just go take that one step, that one step. You can help me with men's group. Yes, sir. I, yes, sir. I'll do what you want me to do. I may not, I may not do it right, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. Oh, God, help me, Jesus. We're better together. We are better together. We as church families, you just lifted your hands toward Vonda. We're better together in prayer over her. You're believing for a generation when you pray over her to be able to lead this generation. We're better together. So as we get ready to celebrate what's about to happen in this warm water, it's warm, I promise you. You know what I said? Why don't we throw about five bags of ice in it? Then you're going to see who's really dedicated to get Jesus in their life. But it's pretty warm in here. Y'all going to no problems, but... God's about to do amazing things in this water. That's not just a horse trough up here. That is a, a, a trough that's going to see life change. When they go down one way and they submerge, that means they're going to be dying to their self. And they're going to come up new in Christ Jesus. It's an outward expression of an inner change.
It's letting the world know who you're following. I'm following the Spirit. I'm following Jesus. Listen, let's listen to these things as we get ready to baptize. Jesus enables us through his presence and power, and the Holy Spirit now resides in us when we get baptized. God affirms us. Remember when Jesus got baptized? He went down, and the heavens opened up, and he said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. There's an approval of God when you go through water baptism. And God not only saves us to sit in a seat, he sends us on a mission. We're called to save those and spread the good news of the gospel. So I'm going to release those that are getting baptized right now to go to where they told you to go to. Teresa's going to take care of you. Come on. Come on, let's give a hand clap just like the... Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask you all, if you would, to stand with me. Thank you, Lord. Grief, disappointment, trouble are not unusual to a child of God. If they told you you got saved and all of a sudden your life's going to be full of roses and lollipops, they lied to you. Because John 16, says this, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So I ask you this morning, how do you deal with a broken spirit? How do you get restoration for your soul? What happens? How do you deal with life when it happens? Jesus said this. He said, come to me. All that are weary and heavy laden. It means when you're tired, your mind is going crazy and I will give you rest. And he's not talking about just physical sleep because we need that. He's talking about that rest and knowing that he is our provider. He's Jehovah Nisi, he is fighting our battles. He is the one that you can get up and rely on each day. Last week we had the opportunity to sit across from a man. We were gonna buy some furniture. It was great talking to him. And as we're talking to him, we found out we were pastors and he's, he slid the gospel of John over in front of us and he said, I'm a, I'm a believer too. He started telling his story. There's, 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 there's so much power in a story. Come on. God's written a story for you that only you can tell. And there's so much power in your story. Don't stop writing your story till the very end because there's power in your story. So I asked him, would you email me just some things? And this is what he sent. And I'm telling you, I'm sitting across there at the furniture store and I'm just crying. I mean, tears are coming down my eyes. I'm trying to, you know, you're trying to wipe them off for the other customers are looking at, but I'm, I'm seeing this and I'm listening to this and I'm just, I mean, it, it struck me as hard. On February 5th, 2002, my life took a drastic turn. 
when my 17-year-old son died. My life and my world were shattered. I was broken with grief at a level I'd never faced before. My spirit, it felt like it just left me and I felt aimless. I had no purpose. I actually had no desire to go on. I asked myself, how can I go on? What am I gonna do? Where am I going to go? He said, I knew God was my refuge, but God seemed so far away. He said, I remember asking God, God, can you remove this pain? God, can you just take this away because I'm hurting so bad on the inside. And God's response was, my grace is sufficient for you. Even though it was hard, he started the healing process when I knew that his grace was sufficient for me. He started restoring my spirit and my soul. Almost 10 years later to the month, I lost my 34-year-old daughter. I mean, I was sitting across from him, couldn't imagine losing one child. Could you imagine losing two within a 10-year period? The pain from 10 years ago didn't make it any easier. He said, God, I, I went again to God and said, My, can you take this away? I can't bear this. It's hurting so bad. And God said, again, my grace is sufficient for you. I asked him again and again and again, and he kept telling me the same thing. My grace is sufficient for you. After some time of me asking God, he revealed something to me when I asked him to take away the pain. He says, if I take away the pain of your kids, I'm gonna take away all the memories you ever had with them. I'm gonna take away all of the time you ever spent with them. I'm gonna wipe it clean. Is that really what you want? And as he thought, he was like, you know what? He realized the price of love, come on, is feeling the pain. The price of love was feeling the pain. He said, there's no way I wanna wipe out my son's 17 years. There's no way I wanna wipe out my daughter's 34 years. And he said, God started doing healing. He said, there are still days that I struggle, but his grace is sufficient. But realizing the price of love and feeling the pain is exactly what Jesus did for us. He said, now I realize that God made a way to restore my broken spirit through his grace. And he said, now I live each day acknowledging that I have the grace to overcome anything that comes in my way. He also told the story, and I'm gonna keep keep it shorter of, his, why he took this job at a furniture place is it's not really where he wanted to be, but he said now that's his mission field. That's the place where God has called him to be. He said, I've, I've, I've talked to so many people and listened to so many stories and I've shared that's where God has me to be. But I remember each day that God, that his grace is sufficient. I'm gonna read one more verse. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness because I'm following the Spirit. Now I ain't listening to the flesh for His name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yea, though I walk through the loss of a child, yea, though I walk through the loss of a job, yea, though I walk through the loss of anything in my life, I will fear no evil because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David, who was known as a man after God's own heart, he penned that. He had discouragement and disappointment in his own life. But he had to level up and he had to walk with God each day. Here's what we need to do. Ask the Lord for help when you have questions. As I said a minute ago, God's not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of your anger. He's not afraid of your grief. He's not afraid of anything. Bring it to him. And when your soul needs to be restored, ask him to comfort you and to give you the guidance. He's ready, willing, and able to do all that for you. When you're stressed out, go to the Lord in peace. When heartbreak and exhaustion, he can turn them into peace and calm. You don't have to handle everything on your own. So many people, we're trying to figure it out. And God says, just come to me. We'll figure it out together. We also need to make time and be still and let God restore. That's the biggest, hardest thing we do right now is just being still in God. And I ain't talking about, yeah, naps are from the Lord. But I'm talking about just those still quiet times when God just wants to speak to you. You just say, okay, I'm calming. I'm turning the radio off. I'm turning my device off. I'm turning this off. God, I want you to speak to my soul. Whatever the best time is that for you, take advantage of that time. Whether it's in the morning, if it's after 7.30 at night, that's not great for me. But maybe today you need to take your relationship to the next level. Maybe that's inviting Jesus into your heart and saying, God, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Father, please forgive me for my sins and help me to walk. And I acknowledge that you are the son of God. If that's you this morning, the altars are gonna be open on the left and the right up here. But if you've made that decision today, take the welcome car and fill it out and take it to the welcome bar. We want to walk through this thing with you together because this is just the start of the journey. Some of these people that are about to be baptized, this is the start of their journey. We want to be there for them. Maybe you're here today and you've been following God forever and you've been saved for 143 years, and, but you just feel like, God, I've just not leveled up with you lately. I've allowed my prayer life to slip. I've allowed my time with you just to slip. I've let church become not a priority in my life. God, I want to level up this morning and I want to do what you've asked me to do. Maybe that's you. If you want to rededicate yourself this morning, you can do it from the seat or you can do it up front. But God is going to do some great things in this verse this morning. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon.